Fitness Pro Mentor community, welcome to the Minds on Muscle show. Glenn and I in the Fitness Pro Mentor world, we are committed to helping your one-on-one -on -one personal training practice be absolutely amazing so you can be a Fit Pro CEO. If you want $10,000 a month, you want to scale and open your own studio, Fitness Pro Mentors for you. Stop feeling stuck. But today, Glenn and I, Minds on Muscle show, we're going to be talking about insane management of keeping people in your world, client retention, lifetime value. I'm excited about this one. This has got to be, I get to come in here and do the stoic, look you in the eye thing. This has got to be one of the biggest problems that excess professionals have and they don't even know they have it. I think that you could have the best marketing system in the world. It's one of the things we try to help you build at FPM. However, if you can retain those people, they're coming to see you, but they only stick around for 10, 15, 20 seconds, you know, a package if that's what you're selling, and then they're gone, well, what are you doing, right? I mean, I'm, and not to be negative about it, but this is something that you have to be looking at is you have the best marketing system in the world, but if you can't retain that people that are coming through that system, you've got problems. You have to be able to retain the clients that are coming through your system before you really start doubling down and getting more people in there because you don't want a landless loop of people. Eventually, you run out of prospects, you run out of people to work with, and then you're stuck not making money, not helping people, not living the life that you want to live. So I, I don't mean to be too direct with people, but this is a big problem, and I'm glad we're doing this today. Yeah, honestly, I mean, one of the most powerful things, we talk about the FIST formula, F-I-S-T, find, integrate, stay. Keeping people in your system is, like, is a vital piece of the process. And if you right now are a trainer and you find that after six months, nine months, even a year, you're having clients leave, it's important to reevaluate why they're leaving unless that's your product. But in my opinion, with exercise and within personal training, depending on your niche, you can absolutely modify how frequently some, someone comes and visits you. But at the end of the day, this is a process. People's bodies are changing. And if you're an expert, like a dentist, so to speak, and you can identify problems or issues or at least create customized adaptations and customized exercises for the individual where they're at on a given day, you should be able to work with someone forever. And some of the closest friends of our channel, um, honestly, I know one person in particular that I'm interviewing again in January for his third time, that should tell you who it is, talking about the history of manual muscle testing. He's been seeing the same people for years. He hasn't needed to get a new client, but he's got people who are seeing him three, four, five times a week, multiple years over and over again. And he has an incredible business. And so his entire business is being able to retain those clients with an amazing strategic and scientific approach and not choking the placeholder puppy, which we're going to talk more about. So if you're looking at your business, you're like, I don't have enough clients, but you keep losing clients. You have to fix that problem first, because if you're losing people too soon, you're losing out on money because those people are going somewhere to get their health and fitness needs met. And they were with you, but something about what you provided lost them. There are so many things that we could talk about that are going to help you understand what the lifetime value of a client is, how to increase the lifetime value, how to help them stay in your system so that they get to where they want to go all the time and so that you can live the life that you want to live, help the people that you want to help. But before we dive into that, it's important to understand how we even figure out what the heck 
the average lifetime value of your client is. I'm going to throw that over Brandon because he's got an amazing formula to help with this. So this is not like Fitness Pro Mentors property. This is actually a very common thing. And you can look up lifetime value in Google very quickly and find a bunch of resources. And if you've taken business, gone through any sort of business programs, you'll know that there's an equation to figure out basically how much money your average consumer gives you. And so within personal training, if we think about the lifetime value of a client, if you take, if we just take one client and you have this one client and they see you each year for five years and each year they give you a thousand dollars, five years times a thousand dollars, the lifetime value of that client is $5,000. Great. Extremely simple to figure that out. So what we want to try to figure out is a couple things is it's important for you to make a list. If you're trying to figure out where things are falling apart, you take a list of your clients, inactive clients as well, and you figure out when they started with you and how long they were with you and then take the amount of money. And if you've got accounting software, you'll be able to figure this out. How much money did that client give you over their tenure with you? And so when we're looking at the average LTV of your business, if we take an, the sum of your clients, so we take hundred clients and then we take the sum of all the money you got those people from those people and the average length of time. And we divide that, we'll be able to figure out how much each client gives you on average. Now, the truth is we're going to have these outliers of folks where you might have a client that gives you $10,000 a year for five years. That's a $50,000 a year client. That's a huge client. You should absolutely take care of those people. But then you're going to have these other outliers that are people that are $500 a year client, or maybe they're only with you for nine months. So $500 for nine months. We need to look and figure out if we have a lifetime value of say $20,000 average of your clients, which is absolutely amazing. If it's lower than that or higher than that, first and foremost, it's important to recognize that the LTV is 100% specific to your business because a $20,000 personal training client with an average lifespan of five years, I mean, that's absolutely incredible in my opinion, but if you get to another business like software or something like that, really, really, really tiny numbers. The truth is why we want to know that number is so each year we can measure, is it increasing or decreasing? So that quantitative metric from year like 2021 to 2022, how does that change with our retention and so forth? But the real key about this whole thing that I absolutely love about knowing your lifetime value is identifying the outliers. Because if you find that you have 20 clients and 18 of these clients are major contributors giving you $5,000 a year, why not? And then you have these two clients that give you $1,000. The key is identifying those outliers and figuring out what it is about in that equation is so different between the people who are spending the bigger amount of money and more consistently and more frequently and the smaller amount. So there's a lot of different things with this because if we look at the psychographics and demographics of these individuals, you could identify that those two people, um, maybe that they're fundamental objectives were more that they were coming in for more weight loss based training versus having uh, their body taken care of because of the pain they were feeling and they want to keep playing hockey. Demographically speaking, you can have all these people that are business owners and executives and you're in downtown Toronto and it's absolutely perfect to capture that market. And then these two are not to those people <laughs> making a little bit less money. And so that could modify your advertising to try and capture more of that key demographic. The outliers is where all the information is because we can figure out one of two things. Are the outliers a group of people that we don't want to focus our advertising towards and we're okay with those outliers being in our business, recognizing they're probably not going to be long-term high contributors and refer big, big people? Or 
And we're going to talk about a lot of this here. If we can see those outliers, we can identify in that relationship what has been going well or not going well. And in my opinion, looking at the not going well thing is more important so we can figure out how to master that. Anyway, that was a bit of a rant. So I got more on this. But what do you think? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's something else that that's kind of in line with that. But also is like as a sidebar is figuring out why people left you in the first place gives you a giant indicator of where you need to improve. And I think maybe that's what you're saying in a nutshell. Um, you know, we've got people in the FPM program where they say like, you know, in the past two or three months, I've found that five or six clients left me, which is okay, I get understandable, frustrating. There might be an opportunity here to call those clients, just have a conversation. Just be like, hey, it's Glenn from Strata. We worked together for for this long time. How you doing? What's going on? Maybe not like that, but you call him up. You say, hey, it's Glenn from the gym. Just calling to see how you're doing. What's going on in your world? It's been a while since we've talked. Just calling to know how you're doing. Build some rapport. Nurture a little bit. Just see how they're doing. And then you can just ask them very simply, hey, so we were working together for this amount of time and you decided, listen, this is no longer a good fit for me, which I totally respect and it's totally fine. I'm just curious from my own growth of my business, could you let me know if there's anything I could have done differently or a better way I could have supported you that would have had you get more out of our time together? And you can figure out where that gap was in what you were delivering. And that tells you so much because chances are if just one person was experiencing something and they said to you, oh, I just didn't feel like we're getting closer to helping with my pain or my discomfort or I wasn't losing the body fat as quickly as I wanted to. Great. You now have an understanding of where that issue is. And if that person's experiencing it, there's chances that other people are probably experiencing that as well. The other benefit of having this conversation, if this person's talking to you, is you can say, great, listen, I appreciate you giving me that feedback. Tell me how have your fat loss goals been going so far? And this might actually turn into, if you watched our, our Money Now conversation from a couple of weeks ago, this could turn into a resurrection call. You understand now why they left you. You've got a better grasp of the issue and the problem. And if it feels like it's a good fit, you can just say, hey, listen, I'm sorry to hear that. I've got some ideas about how we'd be able to help you lose that body fat faster. Would you be interested in coming back in and we can sit down and talk for an hour and see if we can make something work for you? What do you think? Or if that doesn't work, listen, I just started this Facebook group. I've got a whole bunch of great resources on there that might help you with some of those fat loss goals. If you'd like, I can send you a link to that as well. Boom. Now they're in your world. They're in your system again. Maybe they're not going to work with you right now, but maybe in six months they see what you're doing differently. They're excited to work with you again. You get that call. Hey, it's John. I'm excited to work with you again. I saw some stuff you've been posting. Can we talk about sitting down? Or they might say, you know what? I totally get where you're coming from right now on the phone. Let's sit down and talk. Either way, you've got opportunity to get this client back in your system and you know why they left you in the first place so you can help rectify it and make sure that that same thing doesn't happen again. So the key is knowing your system and that's a big part of this. And it's, I find that way too many folks, uh, they look at their system and they go, and I, I just wrote it down here, overload approach versus uh, the minimalist mastery. And so I know a lot of people, I've done this, I know Glenn's done this, and anyone that's tried to grow their business, uh, you're trying to get more clients and you do a thousand things. And you do a thousand things that don't work. And then you do some things and you find some of those things do work. And we temporarily put on this, like, okay, I'm going to double down on these things and we're going to leverage them. But the truth is that business is an undulating thing, that the ebb and flows of new audience 
experience growth and integration happens where there's 15 people one month and then six one month. And that's a very normal, normal thing. The truth is, is that first and foremost, you have to stay the course in your system. Pick one simple system, identify the things that are working and double down on that. And so I wanna just take a quick second and I wanna try and see if my little sharing screen here is gonna work. So if you're watching the video, please go to the Fitness Pro Mentors um, Facebook group so you can watch the live video. But I pulled up our fist formula here and the reason why I, I like talking about this is because this little fist formula helps you figure out where things went well within your business when you're having a new person come in versus what didn't go so well. And so here's a great example, right? So someone comes in and that person, if you're looking at the fist formula here, right? This person comes in and they've been with you for five years and for five years, they referred one person. They're a major contributor for those people that are huge financial contributors. They love what you do. They tell everyone about you. They leave Google reviews and YouTube reviews, and they are one of your biggest fans. I want to identify where those people came from. And if I can figure out, coming back to our little fist formula here, that they came from an active prospecting strategy I did in a local town Facebook group, and they joined the local town Facebook group and then joined our strata group, there was a bunch of value pieces shared that Glenn shared with them that got them really excited about the whole process. He did a triage call with them. They felt really, really good about the entire thing and thus came in for a sales consultation and became a great client. Those people, we want to double down on those strategies. Now, on the other end, what I love about having a system like this is you could figure out, you can start to figure out, it takes a little bit of work, what do you need to work on, right? So for example, say you have a client and they're only with you for three months and they call you and they say, they say Glenn, I have this seething pain in my shoulder. I want it to go away. I heard you help people do that. I want this to go away, right? Maybe perhaps you know that you're not a pain specialist and that's outside of your scope of practice, but because you're desperate for clients, you go, you know what? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if I can help with the pain for sure, but tell you what, come in and let's see what we can do. Now, right off the bat, there was an opportunity for a conversation there to try and get a little deeper, do a little pain funneling and identify if there's more of an exercise specific thing you could do, but that's a conversation for another time. So you have that conversation, they come in, they're under the impression that the relationship result they're going to get is that you are going to make that shoulder pain thing go away. Three months in, you don't. Now you have this financial outlier on your LTV when you're looking at your chart and you're trying to figure out, well, what is it about this client that didn't go so well? Well, in the initial conversations, if we go back to that, the, when you had the initial connection, when you had the first triage call, when you did your sales process, did you have the steps in the sales process in the conversation assessment, in the reassessment, in each session to make sure that you were setting up the expectations for the actual thing you provide, which is adaptations from resistance exercise, which means they can move better, feel better, and do more things with their body. I hope this is making sense because at the end of the day, what we're not saying is that LTV is like, it's, it's not a... A magical thing but what it is is it is an assessment and recalibration tool to figure out what's working in your world so you can double down on it or what's not working and you can figure that out and the problem is there's so many things the you know it's it's absolutely fascinating so I think this is something we see a lot in the I want to move and feel well realm um, you know it's so I'll, I'll say this first for every niche, for every kind of client that you serve, whether it's I've got pain discomfort and I hear you can help with exercise or it's 
you can help me build muscle and I want to look good naked, or it's, I want to get super lean so I look great in my bikini. Each one of these individual realms has pitfalls to it in terms of client expectations, in terms of what you can guarantee, in terms of what you can do. When it comes to that pain and discomfort thing, the, the sad, not the sad truth, but the truth of the matter is, is you can't promise that you're going to change the sensations they have in their body. You can't commit to that. You can tell people, you know what? We've got a lot of great research that shows that when you get stronger, even if you have pain and discomfort, you can go back to doing a lot of the stuff that you love to do. And we do have a lot of information that shows that when people start getting stronger, their body can deal with the forces of life better, which means that the pain and discomfort usually does in some way or shape or form change, but we can't commit to this thing is going to change. In body fat land, you can't guarantee how they're going to act outside of your sessions. They can burn 300 calories in a great resistance training session with you and then go home and eat two donuts and they've blown that plus some. You don't get to control those kind of things. You can do your best to educate, help them with the excess process when they come see you and then if you're doing more of the right things, they'll trend in the right direction but there's always going to be things that are out of your control that you cannot influence. Not letting yourself get painted into a corner because you want to sail is a huge part of this lifetime value thing because what ends up happening is a lot of people because they want clients let themselves commit get committed to things that they can't necessarily promise or deliver on and then what ends up happening that client doesn't like where things are going after five sessions five weeks a couple months whatever that is and they leave having that conversation off the bat framing it as if listen I know from my experience with people, we can help you do some really cool stuff with exercise. Here are the things that I know we can do. Here are the things that are out of my hands. And here are the things that are in your control that you can do to help you. Are you okay with these kind of things? And getting their permission to be okay with that. A game changer for me was when Brandon started talking about how to have this conversation with people. Because what I found was I was having people that wanted help with pain and discomfort. They came to see me and I said, yeah, I can help with that pain and discomfort. What would happen? Small or no changes in two months. People would be like, well, you told me you were going to help me with this pain. And I'm stronger, but that's not what you promised me. Out, pull the chute, they're gone. But once I started having this conversation very similar to how I just told you right now, like, hey, I'm not 100% sure if we're going to be able to see changes in your pain discomfort. But what I can tell you is people that exercise, they get stronger, they get the quality of life back, they do perform better, and they are able to do a lot of stuff they want to do longer and often with less pain discomfort. If I could help you with that and we could see some cool changes in three months, would that be considered a win to you? And they say, absolutely, yes, that's a win. Great. Now that's something that I feel comfortable committing to. Those people are now on my schedule and we show them through the data we'll collect, which I'm sure we'll get into soon. We can show them and I can show them through the information I collect, how they're improving and they love it. And because of that, all the clients that I've been getting now stay in my world and it's absolutely beautiful. This turns into a thing that I've talked about in the Fitness Pro Mentors Facebook group and we've had a bunch of discussions with and it's this idea of how that client perceives you. Do they see you as a fixer or a trainer. Mm. And that's really important because I know many trainers will align with the idea that they are a fixer trainer and that's okay. But if you bring someone into a massage table and their entire world is you have them in a small 12 by 12 office with a massage table and an office desk and you do some stuff on the table for many sessions, you okay, now, now we're gonna go to the gym floor because it's a natural part of the progression. They have labeled you very simply as a therapist, not a trainer. And I've said this before, and I think this is one of the most powerful things that a couple things here are lessons I had that learned that turned Strata into an operation where people keep coming in, 
no matter what, and our lifetime value increased a lot. I used to do a few different diagnostic tools where I would strictly work with people on the table. I promoted myself as someone who could help with people. And I even, in my mind, was competing with chiropractors, physiotherapists, physical therapists, athletic therapists, and all that stuff. And I shot myself in the foot because what I didn't realize was that the skill set that I developed and got really good at through biomechanics and studying muscles and as much as I could through RTS, Charlie McMillan, who's an awesome friend uh, from the Greg Max, the Jacques Henry Taylor, Matt Bernies, all these people, was that I was a really not good, not even licensed therapist, but I was one of the best personal trainers in the world. And when I had that mentality shift, it made it so much easier because now I focus on solving problems that no other trainer in town can. I charge 2.5 more than the average trainer in my town. And most of my clients, I hate saying this, have had trainers before me. But those trainers didn't understand arthritis. They didn't understand pain. They followed the colloquial personal training rules and people got hurt and got poked. And the thing that I love, and I learned this from Chris here, and it was one of the most like subconscious, like, oh my gosh, I wish I thought of this. When people were coming to see me, they'd come in and they were hurting. And if I didn't have them leaving feel better through the exercises I was doing on a massage table, they would say, oh, that didn't work. Another thing, right? Because that's what people say. They see chiropractors, physiotherapists, that thing. That didn't work. Next, please. Right? That's not very good. But as a trainer, I remember Chris having a, one of his clients. I was sitting up here and one of his clients came and he goes, yeah, my back's sore, my shoulder's sore, but you know what? I know we'll work around it and it'll get better. And I was like, that's freaking brilliant because that's the thing is when people are sore, they still come to the gym. They yeah. still try and take care of themselves because they're committed to being healthier and those pains in their body absolutely suck, but they know that Chris and people like us can work around it. And that's where if you look at our website, strataintronperformance.com, it is mostly a gym with some diagnostic stuff, but all of our diagnostic tools are on the gym floor because it helps to make sure that people understand it's connected that part of the process. And then that's, that's been a very a fundamental change, both from a passive subconscious interpretation from our clients, as well as a deliberate thought with our open bay concept. Man, framing, framing, framing. How you frame yourself to the people that you want to work with matters. And these framing conversations happen when you're doing your marketing before you even talk to them for the first time. This framing conversation continues when you talk to them on the phone for the first time and you're just trying to figure out if it makes sense for them to come in for a face-to-face. -face. The framing continues when you're meeting them in person in terms of what you can provide, what you are willing to commit to, and what you're not willing to commit to. The framing continues when you are in your sessions and you're educating, you're explaining to them what it is that you're doing, how you're thinking about it. The framing continues 12 weeks later to when you do your reassessment and you reframe the next steps of the process. We're always trying to frame what it is we do for the people that are in front of us in line with what we can commit to fairly and accurately and in terms of them working with us for our for their lifetime not for our lifetime for their lifetime and i think if it's okay brandon can we talk about that for a moment because i think that framing of like what does it look like to talk to somebody and say hey i want to work with you for your entire life that to a person who might be watching this an exercise professional might say i don't know if i really want to uh, say that to somebody. I mean, like, can I really expect someone to come see me three days a week for the rest of their life? Probably not. 
No, it's probably unrealistic for a lot of people. But having this conversation where you say to them, hey, listen, I want to be your lifetime exercise professional. And it doesn't necessarily matter to me whether we see each other three times a week for an hour or we do a check-in once every quarter, once every three months to make sure you're on the right path. I want to be able to support you in whatever frequency makes the most sense for you. How do you feel about that? And we say it like this in a non-pushing, not assumptive kind of way where we're not trying to put them in a placeholder where we're making the, and this is a critical area that most personal trainers are doing, assuming that somebody's going to work with them three hours a week for the rest of their life. That's where most people are making this mistake. When we get away from that and just frame it as if like, I just want to help you. And it doesn't matter to me what that frequency looks like, right? We're going to try to figure that out together. What do you think? People are so open to that because guess what's going to happen? People are going to have to take time off to go travel. People are going to have to take time off to take care of their sick or injured loved ones. People are going to have to take time off because financially might not make sense right now. But if you can create space for them to come back whenever they're ready and to have touch points with them on a frequent basis so that they're always feeling comfortable with where you're going, that's how you keep these people in your world. That and keeping up with their fundamental objective. Are you delivering on what you want them to get to? Have we even talked about that right now, delivering the fundamental objective? Brandon, this would be a perfect time if you want to segue into that to talk about are you working with what they say they want? So, I mean, firstly, one of the most important things is when you're doing any sort of sales process because there's two like very simple components of business. We've got our fist formula in this piece, but there's two things. One, are you growing your audience? Like, Is your net of the marketing you're doing capturing the eyes of more people? Because that's really what we got to make sure is first and foremost, you want more people in your world. You got to make sure that your, your business's narrative of who you're speaking to and your offer is clear. You're casting this net, you're drawing those people in, they go, wow, this is exactly what I want. When people are getting integrated into your world, you have to have sales language. And this is where I love Sandler's, um, you can't teach a kid to ride a bike in a seminar is a great place to start because if you can throw out sales language and conversation around pain seeking, and pain funneling to identify why someone's really in front of you, you're going to find out their true fundamental objective. In most cases, if someone's hurting right here, it's not this that they're bugged by. It sucks, but this is stopping them from doing something that they love. So that fundamental objective of I want to continue playing hockey becomes the captain of the ship. But over time, that objective does change. As people get older, new sensations pop up, new hobbies pop up, grandkids and kids pop up. That objective is constantly changing. And so we need to know why someone is entering into our world in the first place. And you have to recognize that that is a, a consistent pendulum that changes with life, right? Perfect example, you've got a husband and wife, you're working with both of them, and one of them passes away. Right? The fundamental objective for both of them initially may have been grandkids, and one of them may have been to be the caregiver of the other person. Now that that person's passed away, their fundamental objective may not be feeling good so they can be the caregiver for that person. It may be they feel good so they can start traveling to visit their family in other provinces. That's a gigantic change. But you need to make sure that you're aware of those changes. So when you're having your conversation in every single session and you're doing your exercise-based assessments and you're doing your sales language and your conversations in each session, that everything you do comes back to the fundamental objective, why they are with you right now. What is the real emotional reason they're with you right now? Hey, this pure torque device that I got from my friend in Washington, Jay Braun, he invented it to help people just like you who've got back pain problems and they find that their golf swing is limited when they get all the way over to the extreme. So this thing is super cool because it drops off at the very end and allows you 
to get deeper into the range of motion and actually improve range of motion without stretching. It's perfect for golfers like you. That is a key difference. If you lose the fundamental objectives, this is where you get to this place where you start losing people, right? It's the whole Tom Purvis said it in the Missing Link course, the first date versus the last date syndrome. First date, everyone comes in, perfect behavior, no cat hair on their shoulder, wearing cologne, brushed teeth, they're all good. Last date, distraught, hair's terrible, stinky mouth, covered in stuff, right? Totally different. If you are consistently doing great in the initial sales process, and then people enter into your world and your value is diminishing because you're not meeting their emotional reasons why they're purchasing you and spending $150 an hour. If that value even just meets the 150 hour and they think they're getting the same value, they're probably gonna leave. If it drops below that, they're gonna leave for sure. That value proposition comes from you doing a good job and you knowing exactly why they're there with you. Because if someone, the biggest mistake I made, and then we'll, we'll kind of segue back, is I had people go on my schedule twice weekers, I put them in there and I go, I got a placeholder, excellent, don't need to worry about this client anymore, that is however many bucks a month. Guess what, they'd leave. And it was because I didn't have a follow-up system to identify where that person was going or have a conversation about what kind of relationship they want. And honestly, on that end, I didn't even tell them what relationship options were available. And this is where you need to know upfront in your sales process and through all your sessions, all of your final destination offerings between you and the business that you're in. You have to. Final destination offerings. Can you just summarize? Can you say that in a different way? When you say final destination options, you mean? So when a client enters into your world, what is the absolute last destination in your business they can end up? And so within Strata, we really have, in my opinion, three destinations right now. And I'm confident we'll add a fourth. We have people that do sessions. One, we're a one-on-one -on -one focus facility. I'm happy to talk about why they, I focus on that here more than a membership. We do one-on-one -on -one and people see problem people for one, two, three times a week to get stronger, improve themselves, and either stay at that frequency through reassessments or they move to more of a consulting relationship, which is our second offering, which is basically seeing someone once a month, once every six weeks, kind of like Glenn was saying, scheduling in that almost like personal trainer dentist style relationship to check in and see how everybody's doing. Then the final destination, which we added recently, we added two and a half years ago, is we have our gym membership where everyone in this facility, if they have a gym membership, they're also seeing a trainer and we call it our custom gym membership to make sure that that gym membership is being aligned with the services that we offer. And so that way, the reason why we have that is if we look at the traditional personal training business spectrum, right? People get personal trainers and they get to a certain point and they go, this is getting too expensive. Uh, I don't wanna come anymore, this is too frequent. I feel good, I don't need to see you anymore. You go, great, you're right, tell you what, Let's space out our sessions to being instead of twice a week, two times a week, we're gonna do one every month. And every month we're gonna check in and they go, great, can you help me get a program at my gym? You go, you know what, I got a better idea. Have you thought about doing your membership here? And so what we're doing, and when I was talking about this at the beginning, is along the way, we've identified where people leave and what things our clients want. Because all the subconscious things that people are saying, I'm happy to modify this business to help meet them there. And there will be more things in the future. So I hope that, uh, yeah. Absolutely. I love it. Are you seeing how this works now? When people come in for that first initial meeting, we are setting up and we're framing what it is that we do for them. What we can help them with, what we can help them with, how we might fit in their world for the rest of their lives in any number of different ways, regardless of the frequency. We are making sure 
that we are understanding their fundamental objective. They have shoulder pain. We know this. But what's the shoulder pain limiting from doing them from doing that's really frustrating them? Playing with their grandkids, traveling, living independently. They're concerned. They're frustrated. They're upset. They're angry. They're worried about all these different things. That's why they're here to see us. We assess them. Based on that information, we come up with the next 6, 12, 18 weeks of whatever we think is going to be best for them. And we show them. We educate them on that. We have set up over the next you know, 12 to 18 weeks sessions where we're educating them and helping them learn how to work out and exercise and how to help their bodies. After we go through that plan, after these 12 to 18 weeks, we sit down, we do another assessment with them, we do another report, we say, hey, here's where you're going, tell me, did your objectives change at all? Do we have to change the frequency at all? How are you feeling about this process? Tell us. And with that information, we can take a look at what the next 12 to 18 weeks looks like. And it continues, whether they're staying with us three times a week for an hour, or every other week for an hour, or once every six weeks and enjoying our gym membership, whatever that is. But we have created a system where they're always getting what they need. We're always educating, giving them value. We're always checking to make sure that everything is going well with them so that they feel like they're getting what they need in a way that they feel really great about the investment that they're making and they're staying in our world. And I know we shared a lot of different stuff today and we're trying to make it as simple as we can and that's kind of the big picture of how all this stuff fits together. We're just trying to make what it is that we do work for them and we're having all these different final destination offers and options so they can stay in the world and exercising. Because here's the thing at the end of the day, these people, they need your help. They really need your help. They're coming to see you and they're paying you lots of money because they see you as a solution to their problem. And quite frankly, the people that we work here at Strata, they feel 10 times better because they see us for what it is that we do. And money aside, I would feel terrible. And that's my own stuff, but I would feel terrible knowing some of these people are leaving and not exercising because I know it's going to affect their quality of life. And at the end of the day, I know Brandon and I both want to help as many people as we can in our town of Newmarket move and exercise pain-free because at the end of the day, if you can't use your body as you get older, how are you going to enjoy life? There's an interesting story that a client I used to work with, so there's a gentleman I worked back, work with 10 years ago, and he was an older fella, and he was a part of the original uh, Interact technology, which is just insane. And him and his colleagues would do these interesting business experiments um, in different settings to try and identify just kind of like psychology of people that would come in for sales meetings. Because when they were trying, they were trying to sell this idea to a bunch of different people, they wanted to make sure that their sales process uh, was absolutely set up. And so one of the things they focused on, which I thought was really interesting, was they set up a room and it was a symmetrical room with a table down the middle and two identical chairs on each side. And the room was absolutely symmetrical. So the only difference was that on one side of the wall, there was this picture of this angry, aggressive, pissed off, bright orange tiger. And the picture on the other side was this beautiful, cool colored flower. And what they started to do was they did all of these kind of like mock sales meetings or conversations in the room. And they would let the person who was being interviewed or the person who was kind of on the spot go into the room and go wherever they're going to go. And it was interesting because they found whoever faced the tiger, there was instantly a change in their demeanor. They were just slightly more aggressive, a little bit more on edge versus when they faced the flower, they were a little calmer and cooler. 
What can we take away from this? Well, there's probably a lot of really cool things, but there's a framing thing that when people enter into your world, that initial experience, so small, every subtle detail, absolutely sets up how they're framing every decision going forward. They walk into a therapy clinic, they walk into a dirty, grungy gym. They work into a really clean, unique looking gym. They meet a professional who's standing astute, talking very professionally as if they were meeting some high level financial advisor for someone with their hat backwards. All of those passive elements that you may not think about every single day absolutely matters in that initial setup. And all of that 100% helps to set up how people will view you going forward all the way to that last date syndrome. And so this is the value of this whole LTV thing is that like regardless of the mechanics of what you do in between, it starts off with figuring out where you are, what's working, double down on that. And what's not working, figure that out if it's worth to continue trying to fix or to double down more on the other thing. In most cases, you already have all the pieces you need to succeed. In most cases, I've seen one of two things. People don't implement the change or they look for the next shiny object. Don't do that. You guys are awesome. You have amazing things. Focus on who's right in front of you because the people who are right in front of you are sick. And you can just figure that out by playing with some numbers. And I think that's great. Everything Glenn's saying just, it just hits home. I think it's brilliant. I think we've covered all the major stuff that we want to talk about today, Brandon. Um, are there any other like problems that people experience in their business that we feel like we haven't really addressed in this conversation just yet? There's one thing I said at the beginning leading into this, and I'm asking you the same question after, Sure, <laughs> is don't spread yourself too wide and do too many different advertising retention things. Like don't do tem too many things, right? Pick a couple key lead generation systems, master the crap out of them. Pick one sales system, master the heck out of it. Figure out the final destination to make sure they're absolutely amazing. And when you're ready and those things are all in a place where your business is super successful, stout, and it's logical and you've got the time to add in a new thing, a new sales process, a new service, whatever it is, then do that. But this is that whole idea of the minimalist mastery. Pick one, two, three things that work, get freaking awesome at it and make it happen. And you'll find that in most cases, that minimalist approach and getting really, really good at it, it makes your life easier less stressful and you'll have higher retention. But what about you? Is there anything we didn't talk about you think we should? I'm trying to piece it together. I'm looking at our list of stuff that we've got here, but um, nothing really pops up too much. The only thing that looks like it's on here that we haven't really gone to is the, the uh, question of like, you're too expensive. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is, that is the one that I think we talked about gym membership. Then we talked about, you've been great, but I got to go right. The value loss there for me, let's get your opinions on that. We've talked about this one, but when I think about, um, someone telling me that I'm too expensive for me, that comes down to, uh, one of two things, depending on the conversation, if I'm too expensive and it comes and it's happening in like our first meeting face to face, I haven't done a very good job of really figuring out why they're there from like an emotional pain perspective, like what's at stake for them and what their real fundamental objective is. And then relaying, explain to them, Hey, here's what I do. That's going to really help you with what it is that you do and figure out a frequency that works. Right. There are people where, like for example, we help people move and exercise pain-free for you. It might be hypertrophy or fat loss. And you might have it in your mind that they need you know, two times a week for an hour. But what they can really afford is maybe twice a week for a half hour to get started. Well, figuring out how you can relay 
what you can offer them within that time frame, help them move them in the right direction and deliver value, right? That's like the first thing I'm thinking about. The second thing is like if you've sold them on your initial price point, everything was good, and then later on they say, I don't think I can see you anymore, it's too expensive. For me, that is now a, um, a not delivering on the fundamental objective. And for me, a big part of this communication and education. I think for a lot of people, if they're getting educated adequately during the sessions as to why this is important um, and you're doing the right things, they should totally see the value in what it is that you're doing. Um, if you're educating them but you're not doing the right things and they're not really progressing or getting where they need to go, that also could be a year too expensive because I'm not getting to where I want to go kind of conversation. Um, you have to over-deliver. Like you yeah, have to over-deliver. Right? And if you're not over-delivering, they're going to leave. And, and that's the, the big thing. It's like you've got to do a good job, like you're saying. Yeah. Um, the education needs to be triaged to what they like yeah. for sure. But that's the thing is, I mean, if you're working with someone for a year and a half, and you know their financial situation doesn't change. Like, you know, you're, you're too expensive. I'm not going to come. So you, you've done something to yeah. decrease that value. Um, and that's where you got to be really conscious of that. So everything you said, yeah. uh, 100%. Uh, the thing, I mean, I always try to ask up front about money, and that's a part of our sales process. And in most cases, um, if someone gives me the concern, like an idea that money is a concern, I instantly in the initial offer work into the idea that we're going to decrease the frequency if that's what they want and let them know like, yeah, listen, it's going to be expensive up front. Here's what it's going to look like. But what we're going to do is we're going to space things out uh, over time to whatever feels most comfortable for you. And there's lots of conversations in there, but that's where you need to know these final destination offerings mm -hmm. um, and make sure it's abundantly clear uh, that if, you know, if your thing is about frequency is more important for your business than less, um, that you talk about why that's important, but not just for a sales process. You actually like have the data. I mean, mm -hmm. I know anecdotally and quantitatively and qualitatively, every single client that sees me twice a week or three times a week does a thousand percent better than the client who sees me once a month. And it's important. Can you showcase that somehow? So yeah, all yeah. that's in there. But I mean, Glenn, what the heck's your pick of the week? Oh, I had one more thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, I'm sorry, okay. I could go back for one more second. Yeah. This thing is super important. The idea being a professional versus a professional best friend. Um, and it's funny because you and I have had different conversations uh, uh, along the way about this. And we may, I, and I don't know if we're going to differ on this or not, but we'll see in a second. Um, I am 100% on board with when Brandon said that first impression matters is huge. Absolutely. I think for the, that first meeting and at least the first few meetings, you want to have your professional game face on. Um, we talk of, we've talked about in previous episodes, hasn't come up recently, if you haven't seen them, identity and role theory, right? And that you've got an identity of core beliefs and values and characteristics that make you you, your own unique worldview. And then there's your role, which is how you perform and how you let your identity bleed into whatever hat you're wearing, how Brandon and I act when we're around each other when the camera's not rolling and we're being friendly with each other and friends is different than how we act when we're here on camera together versus how we act with our clients. These are different hats that we wear even though we're together in the same space all the time. If you are going to be working with people, you have to keep in mind that it's a professional relationship first and foremost and you have to be delivering on everything. People get complacent, they stop educating, they stop delivering information, they stop um, being as dedicated and as diligent with the stuff they ought to be doing as a professional and they become overly friendly with their clients. There are going to be different people, and this is the big thing for me that I think might distinguish or different different, be different between us in terms of how we um, um, work with people on the floor is I have, um, I still make sure I educate my clients with every exercise that we're doing. I make sure that uh, we're always working on their fundamental objective. I make sure to do all the stuff that we've talked about 
I can be to some people if they're from the outside looking in, maybe a little bit more lax or laissez-faire from the outside looking in. If you ask all my clients who I'm working with right now, they like my approach. They like that I'm very friendly when we talk. They like some of the stuff that we talk about. I still educate on everything. I don't let it get to the point where it's a professional friendship, but I am a little bit more, I would say, friendlier with my clients. Does that make sense, Brand? Do you understand what I'm trying to communicate? Maybe you can say that differently. I'm not sure if I'm articulating myself. No, no. I mean, what you're saying, I mean, I can't speak for how the relationships you have for sure. Um, I mean, I think the most important thing is how I know like there's a, I've talked to a lot of different people who are like, well, I, I don't want to be a robot with my clients. And um, the truth is, I mean, at the end of the day, you're running a business and you're going to be able to assess your if what your strategy is, if your strategy is working with the length and the duration and the quality of your relationships over time. And I know that many clients I've had, I have, I have lots of clients who are with me for five and 10 plus years. And a lot of those clients um, I've become much, much closer with because I spend more time with them in a month than I do most of my family. However, when I meet somebody new and even for the first year, I don't care about my attorney's cat, if that makes sense. Like I, I, I don't, I want to know about my, my client's family and the congenial things that they do. Like, are they playing hockey? How many hours are they playing hockey for? When they're with their family, what kind of things they're doing? But at the very beginning of the relationship, I am, I, I look at it very clearly as, I mean, I am a professional. Uh, I am their attorney. I am their dentist. And there are inflections where I'll share personal congenial things that I do have kids and I've got a wife and I live nearby and da, da, da. And I think that at that's great because it helps to build character and connect with you. But I'll never personally, like my, just my fundamental philosophy is I'll never let any of my personal stuff in any way influence the client getting the results and the experience they want to meet their fundamental objective. And over time you'll get closer with people. And there are people that I know I chat with more frequently on the floor because they've been with me like my eight o'clock this morning was here, has been with me for nine years. My next appointment's been with me for almost 10. The client before, he's relatively new, he's been with me for four. <laughs> um, all these people I talk about more casual things, slightly more so now. But at the same time, I and mean, I'd come back to that joking thing of, I don't care about my attorney's cat. And I don't know when I would, but at a certain point, if I'm around my attorney two hours a week, for five years, I'm gonna start learning more about the things that are important to them, if their cats are important and so on and so forth. So um, I think both, in my opinion, it's gonna really come down to not so much which one you prefer, it comes down to which one's gonna help you make sure that those clients mm -hmm. are not just in front, of your, in front of you now for three months or a year, but when you look back on the relationships after four or five year long client relationships, that'll be the key indicator of, oh, I spoke to this person this way, and I said this, and that's what led to this five-year-long relationship versus, right? So does that make? Yeah, keep the main thing the main thing. But I appreciate that. I just know that, uh, yeah, I got nothing else. That's perfect, Brent. I appreciate sharing that. So you initially asked me what my pick of the week was, and you actually have it to your left. You've spoken about this before, but could you hold, is that, will that come up for a second, or is that not going to work? This is the Elgato Stream Deck. Um, I absolutely love it. Put it right from the front. I did, did. Was that going to be your pick of the week? It was my pick of the week a few weeks ago, but I love it. You should go Are you going to talk it. about it again today no, or heck no? No, you should do it. It's your turn. I love it. Brandon uses this right now to do all of the, um, as you can see, like scene changes, different adding different things on the screen, all this fun stuff. This little guy 
can be programmed to do a ton of different things. Could you bring it right up front there? I can't. You can't. Oh, that's fine. It can be programmed to do a ton of different things. I just got one myself. I've been playing around with it. I've added a soundboard onto mine so I can play sound clips. I have added on copying and pasting. I've added hotkeys to different websites I go on all the time. I have a profile where I can edit my content much quicker now because I have a copy, paste, delete, all the little hotkeys that you usually have to right click, copy, drag, paste, all that stuff. I do that all now through this Elgato Stream Deck. It has increased my efficiency tenfold, and I'm not even kidding. It's an amazing piece of technology. Well worth it for the $200. Sold out on Amazon right now. No surprise because they're in hot order. But here's the thing. Most local Best Buys or computer stores, somewhere in your area will have a couple kicking around because everyone's going to Amazon. Amazon was selling them for $240 Canadian. I got mine for $199 at the local computer store. Highly recommend it. I can't say enough about it. Elgato Stream Deck. Beautiful. Mine's a book, uh, and I actually 100% can't. I bought it a few weeks ago, and I've been going through it, and I absolutely love it. Um, this is from a gentleman named Alex Hormozzi, who is one of the most successful business mentors, I would say, in the fitness landscape. And this book's called $100 Million Offers. Um, this is all around generating your offer and understanding all the mechanics of just creating an offer. And you can see that your business, it's a gigantic book of just everything you need to know about making offers and what he's used to grow five or six different businesses to uh, over $10 million each. Um, honestly, there's so much great information in here. The book, he was going to try and give it away for free. I think it's on sale for Amazon for like 10 or 15 bucks. Uh, it's incredible. Um, I definitely recommend if you want to learn more about generating, making sure the offer of your business is dialed in, would highly recommend grabbing that book. But that was pretty good. That was a long one. I was going to say, this was a long one because it's super important. People are gonna be coming in and out of your world. And if you're a fairly new personal trainer or even if you've been here for a while and you find people are leaving you at a higher frequency than you want, all the stuff that we've talked about today is gonna to help keep people in your world so you can keep getting paid for the amazing work that you do, but you can keep helping people that need it by giving them multiple destinations, really understanding what it is they need and always communicating, educating to make sure that you're delivering all the value that they need to wanna to stay with you. So. This is one that you probably want to watch and listen to a couple times because there's so much value in here. I mean, so much easier to keep current clients. You keep a client that would have otherwise left you, that could be $1,000 a month in your pocket just by implementing some of this stuff. So rewatch re this one a couple times because it's huge, everybody. Everyone, Fitness Pro Mentors Podcast. Listen, if you're a one-on-one -on -one personal trainer, Glenn and I and Taylor and the Fitness Pro Mentors crew, we are your source for your fitness MBA. Check out the Fitness Pro Mentors Facebook group and uh, we'll see y'all real soon. Everyone have a great day.